Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. Grab your journal. You are watching a master at work. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. I pray that you guys had a wonderful day. Before we get into today's episode, I want to start off just by thanking you guys so much for all of the love that you showed on my Raise the Standard collection. This past Saturday, August 1st, I dropped the first piece of the Raise the Standard collection, which was the Raise the Standard sweatsuit. And you guys showed so much love. So I just really wanted to um, say I appreciate you guys and just thank you guys for always supporting me, always listening to the podcast, always responding and DMing me, giving me feedback, sharing it on your story, telling your friends about it. Like, I really appreciate it. So I, I wanted to start this episode off with just a thank you to you guys and just letting you guys know how much I love y'all and how much I appreciate y'all. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As you can see from the title, today we're going to be talking about charges against you. And I'm so excited to share this word with you guys. If you guys would like to sow a seed into this word, you can sow a seed at my cash app, which is dollar sign the Christian Bay or at polished144 at gmail.com, which is my PayPal, as well as the Christian Bay at gmail.com, which is also my PayPal. Now, the book that we're coming from today, because y'all know it's always something when it comes to the book. It's Y'all know, like, I think we think we just live in Luke, what God been showing us, okay? He's been like, I'm doing a little plot twisting. So today we're coming from the book of Mark. We hitting up our homeboy Mark house, and we finna see what Mark talking about. So we're coming from the book of Mark, chapter 15, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 20. So I'm going to give you guys a little summary of what's happening in this chapter. And then, like always, I'm going to tell you guys the verses that stood out to me and what God placed on my heart. So in this chapter, this is the trial before Jesus was crucified. And what the trial is, is where they had Jesus, which is a quote unquote bad guy. And then they had another guy who was a real bad guy. And they took those two before trial to ask like the priest and the teachers and of the religious law to ask them which one they want to set free because it was tradition for them to set one free. So they were asking, which one do you want to be set free? And everybody chose to set the bad guy free. And they said they wanted to crucify Jesus. So when I was reading this, of course, I was feeling a type of way because it's just like, well, how could you crucify the one that was sent here to help you? How could you do this to this man when he has only done good in his land? How could you crucify him when he came with good intentions? And I instantly thought about how sometimes in life, that's exactly how people treat us. How could you hurt me when I was the one that was sent by God to heal you? How could you treat me in this way when I only wanted to treat you better? When I only wanted to treat you in a way that you've never that you never received before? You expressed to me the pain. You expressed to me what your ex did. You expressed to me about your past friendships. And I did my best to treat you right. And then you end up treating me bad. How could you do that when I was just sent to help you? How could you do that when I was just sent to love you? So this verse is letting us know that sometimes the same thing that we experienced, Jesus experienced it too. That Jesus was sent to the land to heal the hurting he was sent to be a doctor for the sick yet the same people that he was sent to help were the people trying to hurt him they said let the other guy go and crucify jesus so as I read this chapter and I got a better understanding of what was happening and I really put myself in it, I really felt the type of way because that's a different type of pain. When the person that you're trying to heal, the person that you're trying to treat good treats you bad, it cuts deeper because it's like I only had good thoughts towards you. I only had good intentions towards you. But then I switched from being in my feelings and I activated my faith to see how was Jesus moving when he was in this type of situation? What was Jesus doing in this circumstance? What would Jesus do literally? 
So when you first start off reading Mark 15, it talks about how when they had bound Jesus, when they had took him into custody, it talks about how they, one of them said to him, aren't you going to answer them? What about all of these charges they're bringing against you? This is verse four. So they already had Jesus in their presence. In verse two, someone said to Jesus, aren't you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, you have said it. I'm not saying nothing. Okay. Jesus was like, mm, snitches get uh, stitches, snitches get stitches. I'm not saying nothing. Jesus was like, you said it, whatever you said, that's what it is. So it says, Jesus replied, you have said it. Then the leading priest kept accusing him of many, of many crimes. And Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer them? What about all these charges they are bringing against you? But Jesus said nothing, much to Pilate's surprise. And the first thing that God showed me with reading this is that your enemies expect a response out of you. They expect you to defend yourself. They expect you to explain yourself. They expect you to give them a response when they say something, whether it's true or false, they feel entitled to a response from you. And Jesus said, absolutely nothing. It says, what about the charges that they're bringing against you? Aren't you going to answer them? Aren't you going to address them? You don't hear what they posting about you online. You don't hear the rumors that they're saying about you. You don't hear what your cousin just told your auntie about you. What about the charges that they're bringing against you? Aren't you going to address them? And it says that Jesus said nothing. So today when I sat down to pray for this podcast, God placed on my heart that he needs his children. He needs his chosen ones. He needs his Christian base to understand that your enemies don't deserve a response from you. They're not entitled to a response from you because you're not even, you're not even called to defend yourself. Your father sits high and looks low and he goes before you. So you don't have to defend yourself in the presence of charges, especially charges. That's not even true. It don't even be true stuff. When your haters be speaking, when people be talking about you, it, it, it sounds crazy to you. You trying to tell me about me. I ain't never, I did that. I didn't know I did that. You telling me something new. And then you think you're going to get a response out of me. They want a response out of you. That's why they say the things that they say because you know what they do with a response they twist it to mean whatever they think they want it to mean or whatever they want it to look like they will manipulate your words so sometimes I want you guys to remember that your power lies in you being silent I hope you grab your journals because the gems is dropping your power lies in being silenced. I'm so confident in who I am. I know so much about what God has in store for me that I don't even have to scoop down to your level to address to what you're saying. I don't even have to respond to that. I don't even have the energy for that. So whatever you think you're going to get from me, whatever response or reaction you're trying to poke out of me, whatever you're trying to provoke me to do, you're going to feel you're going to feel and look stupid in the end because you're not getting it. It says that Jesus said nothing much to Pilate's surprise because Pilate Pilate thought that he was going to explain himself. Pilate thought that he was entitled to an to a, an explanation or an example or just some type of words. Jesus, you're not going to say nothing. Look at the charges that they're bringing against you. Look at how they're degrading your character. Look at what they're saying about your past. Look at what they're saying about your decisions. You're not going to speak up for yourself. Jesus said nothing. So when you continue to read in verse six, it talks about how it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner, anyone the people requested. One of the prisoners at the time was Barbaeus, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Pilate and asked him to release a prisoner as usual. Verse nine says, would you like me to release to you this king of the Jews? Pilate asked 
for he realized by now that the leading priest had arrested Jesus out of envy. But at this point, the leading priest stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barbaeus instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, then what should I do with this man you call the king of Jews? They shouted back, crucify him. You got your journal? Because what I want you to write down is that there will be some situations where you can know that explaining yourself may make the situation better, but stay silent anyway. Stay silent anyways. It says that it was the custom, the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner. Now, remind you, before this, they were talking to Jesus and they were saying the charges against him. And Pilate was confused because Jesus was saying nothing. So if they knew that it was custom to release a prisoner, Jesus had to know that it was custom to release a prisoner too. Why didn't he explain himself? Why didn't he try to defend himself and try to get favor in their eyes and try to get them to release him like they do every year if he would have maybe if he would have said something maybe if he would have defended himself maybe they would have chose him but the difference is Jesus wasn't looking for the approval of people I I don't need y'all to believe me I don't even need y'all to release me because I know who my father is I know who my faith lies in my faith does not lie in man I don't have to defend myself to man I don't have to prove myself to man God knows my heart God knows my intentions God placed me here and if God allows me to stay a prisoner then I'm just gonna stay a prisoner because I'm not about to bow down and explain myself to you to try to put the power in your hand to make a decision for my life that's what they wanted him to do they wanted him to defend himself they wanted him to to explain himself and then that will gave them even more power to decide what they wanted to do oh look at you you trying to explain yourself but we're gonna still keep you locked up anyways because what i want you guys to realize that if somebody has something against you if they're bringing charges against you if they have opinions against you 9.9 times out of 10 is really nothing you can say to change the perspective that they already have in their head of you and that's why god tells us i don't need you to be bound by people bondage people are fickle their feelings are fickle they will love you today and hate you tomorrow tomorrow so imagine if you try to build your life and build a foundation based on how they feel towards you it says that jesus said nothing because his foundation wasn't rooted in them his feet wasn't stopped wasn't planted on them it was planted on god's plan it was planted on god's will and whether or not i explain myself to y'all does not change the will that god had for my life so i understand that it's custom for y'all to release a prisoner and it may make the situation better you have to understand he's in this situation what what, what would you have been thinking in this situation maybe i I could talk my way out of it. Maybe I can explain them that I'm really not a bad guy. Maybe I can plead to them. But Jesus' mind was set on God. Jesus had his feet planted on faith. Faith not in man, but faith in God. So I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to prove to you that I'm a good person. I don't have to prove to you that I have good intentions because I know who I am. But most of all, I know who I am in Christ. So Jesus said nothing. Because sometimes faith is best represented with silence. I'm so confident in this thing. I'm so secure in this thing. I'm so planted in this thing that I don't even have to explain it to you. I I already know what I'm going to do. My mind is made up. I'm trusting God. I'm believing in God because what y'all have to realize is that sometimes you talking makes people think that their opinion has room in your life. It makes them think that their opinion has some type of valid, provides some type of validation or clarity for you. When you begin to talk about situations and begin to talk about what it is that God told you and what God wants you to do, that makes 
makes room for people to slide in their opinion and how they feel about it. And then you know what happens when they slide in their opinion and how they feel about it? If their opinion does not align with the word of God, that's you making a doorway for doubt. That's you making a doorway for confusion. That's you making a doorway for second guessing. And maybe they are right. And maybe it isn't going to work out. And maybe I do need to explain myself. And maybe I do need to go on and post, make a sub post back because she do got me looking scary. And maybe I do need to let him know that I done moved on. When you begin to listen to what other people have to say, you make room for doubt. You give life to their thoughts instead of just the word of God. So you have to understand that sometimes your faith is best represented in silence. I know you want to know what's going on with me, but I'm in my faith season right now. I know you want me to explain myself, but my faith is so grounded and this season is so fragile that I don't have room for anybody coming in and trying to taint it with their words. I don't have room for anybody else's opinion. I don't have room for anybody else's comments. So my faith is in a silent season right now. And it's just me, my faith and my father. And we just going to sit here through this season until we get what my father said I'm going to get. I don't have room for anybody else in this room in this season sometimes your faith is best represented in silence because sometimes explanation is laced in envy and it looks like just a friend that's talking and it looks like just an honest opinion but sometimes people envy what God is doing in your life sometimes people envy the simple anointing that's over you sometimes people envy you for just being you you don't have to be flashy you didn't have to do anything for them but just the fact that they can see that God's hand is on your life can have seeds of envy that was already in them begin to uproot and begin to surface and begin to come out into their words so that's why it's important for you to guard your gates it's important for you to filter out who you allow to be have access to your faith let me say that again it's important for you to filter who has access to your faith and this is something that i'm gonna have to protect and this is the word that god gave me so i can't just allow any who that enters a room to say what they want to say towards this faith i'm gonna have to be careful with the word that god has released to me so in this season my faith is in a silent box and my faith isn't silent because i don't believe in it It's silent because it's valuable. It's protected. It's guarded. You know, when you, when people first have babies for the first two weeks, for the first month, the baby is not even supposed to be outside. It's not supposed to be around a lot of people. When people want to hold your baby, they're supposed to put on a hand sanitizer. And it's not because it's not valuable. It's not because you don't believe in the baby that it has to be guarded like that, but it's because this is something that's fragile. This is something that can be easily contaminated by outside opinions and outside hands and outside word and outside presence. So I'm going to have to guard this thing. So when it comes to the word of God, when it comes to your faith, you have to understand that there's going to be some seasons where you can't say anything because you're guarding your faith. And I'm using all of my energy to protect this. The only person I'm explaining myself to is God. And I'm going to need you to step back in this season because this is something that's fragile. Maybe later on when it's more full grown, I can explain to you what the process was. But for now, my faith is best in this silent box. Verse 10 says that for he realized by now that the leading priest had arrested Jesus out of envy. So God, you mean to tell me that sometimes people bring charges against me simply because they envy me simply because they see how you're moving in my life. So it's not always that I need an explanation. I I don't even have an explanation for your anointing. So even if I wanted to explain myself, I can't because it's not something that I asked for. You just chose me and I'm just walking in this and I'm just trying to be faithful and people are bringing charges against me. So I need to be mindful of the fact that everything I can't respond to everything and I can't address everything and I can't snap back and I can't always talk to people the way 
way that they talk to me and I can't treat them how they treat me. I have to live on a certain standard because sometimes people bring charges against you because they envy you. And if they envy you, it's because you're elevated to a certain place where you are on an envious platform. You envy the way that God elevates me. You envy the way that God is using me. You envy the way that God has favored me. So what do I look like getting out of character to address you? So Jesus said nothing. And as we move on to verse 11, it says, at this point, the leader priest has stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barbados. They had already swayed the crowd in their direction. They had already gathered up their friends. And you know, when one person don't like you, they go and make a click with another person that don't like you. And now it turned from one person making subs online to now it's 10 of them making subs online. And now y'all got a whole hate me click going on. And it's just like all of y'all sitting online, posting about me all day, talking about me all day. You got me in your group message. You know, they stir up the crowd when it's envy going on. So it says that they, at this point, the leading priest has stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barbados. It's not even that he's a good man. It's not even that Barbados is a good person, but your envy for me, your hate for me wants you to release a bad person just because you don't want to see me do good. You don't like me so much that you will go to somebody that you know not good and you'll cling to them just to be against me. I ain't did nothing to you. I haven't done or said anything to you. I was just trying to be good to you. But the envy in your heart got you moving so funny that you'll go hang out with the ops. So it says that they stirred up the crowd to demand the release of Barbados instead of Jesus. Pilate asked them, then what should I do with this man you call the king of Jew the king of Jews? Because, you know, when they envy you and when they don't like you and when they get in clicks against you, they try to make fun of who you are. They try to make fun of your purpose. They try to make fun of what you're working towards being, you know. Oh, yeah. Y'all favorite hairstylist. That's what they'll say if you do hair. Your favorite hairstylist trying to do hair today. Oh, yeah. Your favorite MUA. Oh, yeah, your favorite speaker. She want to speak now, huh? Oh, yeah, your favorite designer. She thinks she can make clothes. So every time they mention your name, they want to throw in what you're doing. So they said, what do you want me to do with the king of Jews? Because he said he the king of Jews. So we just going to keep throwing that around. Look where the king of Jews at now. They thought they had him down. So they were trying to mock him. They were trying to talk down on the calling that God had placed over his life. So they said, what you want me to do with the king of Jews? And they shot it back, crucify him. When you move on to verse 14, it says, why Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? Because at this point, Pilate already knows that these people just envy him. What, what did he do? Why do y'all even want me to crucify him? So Pilate asked that because God will always have it to where somebody can really see your true heart. It's always going to be one person that know y'all talking about that girl and that girl don't be bothering nobody. Y'all talking about him and he just be handling his own business in his own way. It's always going to be some people, that, a person or some people that sees your true heart. You, it, without you even explaining yourself, without you even responding, it's always going to be one. And it's not that you have to look for that one. It's not that I want you to focus on that one. I just want you to understand that without explanation, God will allow your anointing to shine through you without you opening your mouth. Just his presence being in you will speak for itself. So when we go back to the verse, verse 14, he said, why, what crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, crucify him. We don't have an answer for why we don't like him. We don't have an answer for why we want him gone. We just want him gone. When you continue, verse 15 says, so to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barbaeus to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead tip whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. So you chose to crucify the one that came to 
save you. You chose to crucify the one that came to heal your hurting heart. You chose to crucify him. You chose to hurt the one that's been there for you for the past 10 years. You chose to, to hurt the one that answers the phone every time you call crying. You chose to hurt the one that will give you her last dollar. You chose to hurt the girl that will bend over backwards for you. You chose to hurt the one who would never let you down. You chose to hurt the one who pulled up on you when you ain't have nobody else. You chose to hurt the one that God sent to heal you. But y'all know that's usually how it goes. So when you continue to read, it just talks about how the soldiers that had taken Jesus, they begin to mock him. And it talks about how they put a robe on him and they begin to beat him because you're the you're the king of Jews. So let's see how much you a king of now. And they begin to mock him. But you guys know how the story ends. even though they begin to mock him and even though they crucified him. And even though we don't physically die when we're in certain situations like this against envious people, there is a part of us who dies. There's some trust that dies when people turn their back on you. There's trust that dies when people backstab you. There's a certain level of confidence in being able to make friends when it seems like every friend you get walks out on you. There's a there's a, a lack of love or wanting love when the boy you thought would always be there has turned his back. So even though you're not physically dying, there is a part of you that is crucified just like Jesus when you're in these type of situations. When they're bringing charges against you, they do crucify a part of you, whether it's a part of your heart, whether it's a part of your trust, whether it's a part of the wall that you thought you should have let down and now you putting it back up whether it's a part of your insecurities that 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 your security that they killed and is now turned into insecurity. There's always a part of you that is crucified when you're in a certain situation like this, where people are bringing charges against you and they're insulting you and they're mocking you and what you're trying to be. And they're bashing you online. They're crucifying your character. Every time they talk about you, it's a part of you that's dying. But even through all that, y'all know how the story ends. Yeah, they mocked him. Yeah, they brought charges against him. Yeah, they talk about you online. Yeah, they making fun of your purpose. Yeah, they trying to talk down on your business. Yeah, they saying you're not going to ever get better. They saying you're not going to ever progress. But y'all know how the story ends. Because even though they crucified him on the cross, he rose three days later. Because God's will will be done. And and what I love most about this is even when they talked about the soldiers mocking Jesus and verse 20 ends with saying, then they led him away to be crucified. Do you know Jesus still said nothing? Jesus still said nothing. I'm not wasting my energy on this. I'm not wasting my voice on this because my God sits high and look low and I don't have to entertain this. I don't have to give this my energy. I don't have to feed your envy by explaining myself because my God sits high and he looks low. So they crucified him and they talked about his character and they talked about who he said he was and they talked about what the, the calling that God put on his life. And that's what I want you guys to realize that through the talking, through the envy, through the posting online, people can crucify you, but they can never cancel your calling. That's what they can't do. He was called to be the Messiah. He was called to be the son of God. So in spite of being crucified, his calling still prevailed. They could not cancel his calling and they cannot cancel your calling. So I don't know who's listening to this podcast and there's somebody that's bringing charges against you and you trying to figure out whether you are supposed to respond or if God just wants you to look like a punk, you trying to figure out whether you are supposed to make a post back or if God just wants you to look like a pushover, you trying to figure out if you should get him back for what you did to him or if God just wants you to look like anybody can treat you anyway and you just going to deal with it. You trying to figure out how you should react and God wanted me to tell you today to say nothing. Jesus 
said nothing. Say nothing, do nothing because they can crucify you, but they cannot cancel your calling. So today, if you're sowing a seed, we're sowing the silent seed because I know you expect me to respond and I know you expect me to treat you how you treated me. And I know you expect me to play get back. I know you expect me to get revenge, but my father sits high and he looks low and it may be hurtful. You posting stuff online. That's kind of crazy. You, you saying some crazy stuff. You, you really poking at me. You really trying to make me go off. So yes, it's hurtful. You crucifying my ego. You crucifying my pride. You crucifying my snapback. You crucifying my, my thoughts and what I really want to do to you. You're causing them to die. You're crucifying a part of me. I feel like I'm on a cross right now. And it's kind of embarrassing because people also see what you're doing to me. They see what you're doing to me. They see how you're treating me. So yeah, you're publicly crucifying me. But you can crucify me, but you can't cancel my calling. And I need y'all to have faith in that. I need y'all to stay grounded in that. I need y'all to believe that though it may be a crucifying season right now, and it's going to hurt. It may be painful. It feels like you're being hit at from every angle. And it feels like, why me? I was just trying to heal. He was just trying to heal the hurt. He came to save the sick. And yet they were the ones crucifying him. I got a hook. I got a good heart. I didn't have no ill intentions. I treated you right. Why me? And God is saying, stay silent because vengeance is mine. Let's pray. Father God, first and foremost, I want to thank you for blessing us with another day, Father God. I want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to even be in your presence, Father God. Giving us the opportunity to even hear this fresh word that you're allowing me to speak for you, Father God. I pray that this word touches the person that you wanted to touch, Father God. And I pray that it plants a seed of confidence in spite of being crucified, Father God. Confidence that vengeance is yours. Confidence that your calling will be prepared for them in the presence of their enemies. Confidence that the people that talked about them, the people that posted about them the people that mocked them will soon see who you are father god not who we are and what we have to say and how we defend ourselves but how our father goes before us father god we are we are your sheep and you are our shepherd you will defend us at all costs father god so we don't have to lift a finger we don't have to raise a voice father god and though it's hard because in our human fleshly nature we want to defend ourselves we want to say something back we want to make a post father god but today i pray that you give us an obedience father God and discipline, self-control, Father God, to not respond to anything that's outside of your will, but stay on the pedestal, stay on the platform that we are called to be on as your children, Father God, as the daughters and the sons of a king is certain things we cannot address, Father God, it's certain things we cannot respond to as bad as we want to, Father God, I pray that you allow us to continue to be crucified in the areas of pride, continue to be crucified in the areas of ego, Father God, so that we can look more like you and we can walk in the calling that you've called us to and when you put us in it father god nobody's gonna be able to question it father god nobody's gonna be able to crucify what you did in our lives father god so today i claim a submissive spirit over us father god that we submit to your covering father god that we submit to your word and that most of all we submit to your protection and your presence father god i thank you for loving us i thank you for being our father but most of all i thank you for going before us father god We love you and we'll forever praise your name. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.
Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Christian Bay Podcast. If you would like to sow a silent seed, you can sow it to my to my to my Christian Bay to my Cash App, which is dollar sign the Christian Bay, or you can send it to my PayPal, which is the Christian Bay at gmail.com or polish144 at gmail.com. That information will be in the description box. I love you guys so much. I pray this podcast reaches who it needs to reach. I don't care how many charges, accusations, comments are brought against you. Stay silent and let the Lord go before you. I love you guys, and I will talk to you on the next episode. See you at Bible study on Wednesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am also posting YouTube videos every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday y'all so go look at the youtube video subscribe to my channel it's the christian bay tv i love you guys i'll talk to you guys soon bye